0: Hey, everybody. Have you considered starting a podcast? We here at Screwball highly recommend Podbean for getting your podcast out to a larger audience. Podbean has given us the opportunity to easily bring you Screwball each and every week on all of your favorite podcast services. Use the link podbean.com slash screwball to sign up and save up to 35% annually. You can also use the link podbean.com slash pro slash screwball to sign up for a business subscription. Happy podcasting. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Screwball, the baseball podcast, your home for everything baseball. I'm your host, Mike LaPree, here with my co-host, Frank White. Hey, how's it going? This is episode 107 of Screwball, and a much, much slower uh, news week this week uh, from all around baseball. Um, this is going to be a little bit of a different episode compared to our regular episode, since we don't have as much news to talk about, so we'll go into a little bit more of uh, topic-driven stuff. So, you know, if you're already familiar with the show, it's not going to change much, Just we're just going to be a little bit more topical today, uh, with kind of, we kind of had a struggle to find news-worthy stuff. So, the one piece of news that I do have, though, to kind of lead off the show, as we usually do with our news segment, uh, the one piece of news I do have that probably a lot of baseball fans are are wondering themselves is the offensive output being down. We've talked about it in the past, too. I think you even brought up a piece of topic or or something regarding the offensive output being down. So, uh, in particular, Mets hitting coach uh, Eric Chavez, and he's not the only one to kind of feel this way, but... Uh, he seems to believe that the MLB needs to, quote-unquote, like kind of reduce the baseball, as they were in years past. Um, in regards to those past years, Chavez stated, quote, the ball was just traveling better, that was the eye test, but then we lined it up with the analytics, and the analytics were telling us different. So, basically what he was saying there was that, you know, the ball, and you can even see it in some of the early statistics from the other years, that there were just... You know, the home runs were definitely at a higher pace. I mean, the twins I think the Twins broke the home run record in 2018-2019 as a team for the whole year. Um, and I think the Yankees were right behind them. I think the Dodgers are right there. So you saw home runs flying out of the yard. If you, looked, if you just watched the game, there were balls leaving the ballpark that really had no business leaving the ballpark. So if you're a pitcher, you probably didn't say anything. You're probably kind of happy that that's the case. But if you're a hitter, you're probably a little frustrated. So I just wanted to bring up that piece of news because – for some MLB officials to kind of start bringing this up, some coaches and players we've seen speak out a little bit about it or at least allude to it, uh, I think it's becoming a problem, and I think the MLB might need to do something um, about this. Uh, so, you know, and I know they they probably want more offense because that puts fans in the seats and increase viewership, at least in their mind. So, yeah, I don't know um, what they can do, but I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, people love home runs i wouldn't mind seeing more home runs but in a way it's almost like I, it, it makes it good that like maybe teams are a little bit going closer to trying to play contact instead of just home run or nothing ball you know that's really super analytical but I, again i just wanted to bring that up as my really only piece of news here because i just thought it was it was you know it's kind of a topic on everyone's minds is the offense you know i'd say a lot of people are, are talking about What's going on with certain teams not hitting quite what they can, you know? And then you talk about the Orioles' ballpark moving back, and it's just, it's just a whole mess. So, um, I know you had some other pieces of news too. There is some stuff to go into, but um, so uh, again, I don't know. I don't know really what you got.
1: Yeah, some of the things I got here. Um, one thing to go along with that, I just noticed a lot from watching uh, baseball, even over the last you know two years or so, uh, the strikeout looking has gone up to a, a, a you know a, re- a remarkable spot. And you go, oh well, maybe it's the robo ump's, or you know, they should get robo ump's. It's the umpires. No, it's just the fact that these pitches are right on the corner, maybe a hair off the corner, and these guys, it's got two strikes, and won't swing. Well, they know the strike zone. Yeah, but you're, you're you're what, a quarter of an inch off the plate. Swing, foul it off. You get another pitch. You can't just strike out looking. It does nothing for the game. Right? Strike out looking does absolutely nothing. Strike out at least swing, gives you a chance. Strike out looking does nothing. Leave it in the umpire's hands, right? That's so everyone was said, no, don't, do you know, don't do that playing, right? Hmm. So that's the one thing I notice goes along with the, uh, you know, offense numbers being down. You try really to look, look, and you don't put up any runs. At least you swing, you never know, right? you <laughs> hit it. And maybe get the umpire. Maybe maybe get the catcher's view, and he drops the ball, right? And you get down to first. Something's better than just looking. At it and there it goes. Yeah. You know. So uh, some other things the got here. George Kirby called up, right? Pitched very well yesterday for the Mariners. Um, he was uh, what. Top pick in 2019, one of the first round picks for the Mariners, one of the high prospects. So that's something to, to note there. Uh, Rad Telez breaks a uh, single game RBI record for the, for the uh, Brewers, their franchise. He had eight RBIs in one game, including a Grand Slam. And uh, we have Dusty Baker, won his 2000th career regular season game, puts him the 12th manager all time and the first African American manager to have 2,000 plus wins. Yeah. Um, so that pretty much cements his his whole Fame legacy, even though without, possibly without a World Series. Yeah, definitely. Um, and the last thing I got here, which is mostly our topic, is uh, which we talked about a lot, I think, over the years in the episodes, is the stadium size and the impact on the, on the game. And the reason was we had Chris Woodward for the Rangers yesterday state that uh, Torres' home run would have been an out in 99% of the stadiums, and they played at Little League Park, which was a nonsense comment. They believe they said what, twenty six out of thirty stadiums the ball would have been home run at, yep. projected three hundred and seventy feet. So he said that, then he tries taking back some of his comments today, I believe, you know, I didn't mean to, no disrespect. No, you said it, and you're an idiot. <laughs> um take your what, ten win team, nine win team, go back to mm-hmm. Texas and lose some more, right? Who's Chris Woodward, right? Mm-hmm. There's another yes. nobody. Guy who probably couldn't play in Little League.
0: And he just <laughs> not to cut you off, but he was also the one that was had something to say about Tatis with the Grand Slam. So he's, yeah. he's already made himself a little bit more outspoken about yeah. when guys hit home runs against him, I guess. Yeah, you
1: know? it's, it's a nobody. Another nobody. You'll know, never remember him in baseball. But uh, just wanted to throw some facts. I got a lot of stats here for us compared to Yankee Stadium. Yankee Stadium is 318 down the left field line, 408 in center field, 314 down the right field line. I could even go into the gaps here. It was 399 left center, Death Valley, right? And I believe it's 385 in right center. So, I don't have the other gaps <clears throat> for these other stadiums, but I know that one just from watching for the last, whatever, my whole life, right? Yankee Stadium, there there is 23 center fields in baseball currently that it that are shorter or the exact same distance to center field. 23. So, that tells you that center field is very far out there. Mm-hmm. The gaps are, left center is one of the farthest gaps in all baseball. Right center is pretty average, right? But then we also have... These stadiums currently, San Francisco Stadium is 339 to the left field foul pole, <clears throat> 399 to center field, and 309 to right field, so shorter than Yankee Stadium. Houston, 315 to the Crawford boxes, 409 to center, pretty much dead on at this point with Yankee Stadium, and 326 to right field with a relatively shorter wall. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Here's left field shorter than Yankee Stadium in Houston. Boston, Huh. let's hear these <laughs> so called 310 to the monster even though I used to say 290 and the wall never moved so automatically shorter it's not even 310 I don't think it's even 300 but whatever 390 to dead center field these are dead center field not their fullest point in center field I know they have the triangle that's nonsense no one hits it there 390 to dead center field and so called 302 to the pesky pole which that's not right either <laughs> so there, there's a stadium it's completely shorter than Yankee Stadium And not a word gets said about that, right? Being a little league stadium. Baltimore, even with the pushback, 333 dead down the left field line, right? Because they pushed the wall back now. Now the stadium's terrible. (laughs) 400 to dead center field. 318 the right field. Exactly the same as Yankee Stadium, right? 318 was left field, but they're right field, right? Mm -hmm. So another short stadium. Here's another one for you. Tampa Bay, 315 to left field. Sure. Yeah, that little field. small yep. wall. Yeah. Yeah, and a real small wall there. Mm-hmm. 404 to center field. 322 to right field. So these stadiums aren't, all those stadiums I named had at least something on one of the lines that was shorter than Yankee Stadium.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And center field, I think on all of these were shorter, except Houston, which was one foot longer. So why the, the discredit for Yankee Stadium? And not just because I'm a Yankee fan, because I can't stand the stadium idea. I can't stand it that, that, oh, that, oh, it's the stadium, and you guys get it's No, no, that's it's nonsense. It's nonsense. Because every you can say about every stadium. Oh, Houston at Tows Hill was 436 feet, right, before they got rid of Tows Hill. Okay, so you don't play there. So what does it matter? Your stadium, oh, well, this stadium's 404, and yours is 405. If we play at this stadium, I would have been a home run. Are we really going to do that? Yeah. To make every stadium exactly the same. What's the point of that? Just put no fence out there. Just let the ball roll forever. <laughs> With that. Yeah. So I just don't I can't I can't stand the stadium concept and 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 the, and the you know the arguments we get over over stadiums we talked about it for a lot, And I, I brought up here Colorado, we always talk about it, three forty seven down the left field line Colorado, four fifteen dead center, three fifty to right field with a big wall, mm-hmm. and all the way to the center field a big gap all the way through the gap it's a big wall, that is a huge stadium, oh the ball carries better, okay. 347 on the left field line. I I hit a ball, okay, maybe if I not in Colorado, it would have went 342. That's still crushed, 342. Because mm-hmm. Houston's 315.
0: Yeah, so take ten
1: take ten feet off, It's still 337. That's a that's above average. You're almost going to the train tracks you know, in Houston. yeah. So the, again, the stadium concept of oh well, oh, this stadium's a little league park. He said, it's idiotic because every there's other stadiums that are way shorter. The ball blows out different because. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't know the history of his own team because Globe Life Park, the original one, might have played like it was 200 feet to right field no, the I way know. the ball jumped oh out of there. God. Also being 100,000 degrees in the air as thin as, you know, you couldn't even breathe. It was so thin. Mm-mm. The ball jumped out of there. So I don't want to hear this nonsense with, this, with the stadium. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. Oh, he played here. He played at Colorado, so his stats inflated. He played here. Oh, but Ted Williams, he played at Boston. He's great. one of the greatest hitters. I'll stand by this to this day. I don't give I you, you come fight me. Ted Williams is not the same hitter if he doesn't play in Boston. Hands down, not even close. He doesn't bat 400. I don't think he bats 350. Anybody can hit the ball 100 feet off the monster. I don't care. I don't care. It doesn't make any sense. You're hitting the ball five feet. It doesn't matter. Oh, well, you can say the same, Oh, uh, Babe Ruth wouldn't hit the same amount of home runs at Yankee Stadium. Okay. Maybe he doesn't hit the same amount of home runs. He batted 400. <laughs> All you do is hit the ball 100 feet. It's not far. Yeah, so I don't want to. You know, uh, the stadium idea is is is, is terrible, because then you also could you could also change the narrative and say that because Yankee Stadium would be 490 feet to center field, or nonsense. Polo Grounds was two forty seven yeah. to the line and two fifty to the line. No one said anything about that. Forbes Field was five million feet. Griffith Stadium was four hundred and like thirty feet with the with the Green Monster. Mm-hmm. What a not a word said about these stadiums, right? So, I, I can't stand that concept of the stadium does this, the stadium does that. You're also playing at that stadium with the same weather that day. Maybe your maybe you're guy who spent a million dollars, billion dollars on this year, Marcus Simeon could bet maybe over 200, right? And Corey Seager could bet maybe over 200, right? Maybe you would want to worry about that, right? Maybe Dane Dunn can have less than a 60 array, right? Mm. Maybe you would want to worry about giving up a home run. Maybe try that, Chris Woodward. You yeah. know, you haven't had up. A- 500 season ever as a manager. Maybe mm-hmm. <laughs> work on that <laughs> instead of worrying about. Oh, well, we play at a different stadium. It would have been a home run. It wouldn't have been a home run. Oh, <laughs> maybe don't give it up. Yeah. going against a guy batting 200, he had a home run off of you. You should be embarrassed. Terrible. That's a terrible. I just can't stand it. I I had to bring it up because we always talk about it. Yep. the Todd Helton and, and the Larry Walker Hall of Fame thing, right? Because it's a ro- Colorado and. And, and and Boston with the, the stupid fences they have and the field's only five feet right, you're standing on the infield dirt and somehow you're you know on the warning track too, so right. I'm not sure about that. But that's our topic of the day. Mm-hmm. I know you got a few things to say. I just wanted to go into actual stats on some of these stadiums and show you how idiotic that comment was and the, the idea of that. Mm-hmm. Is it a possibly a hitter-friendly park in these certain spots? Yes. Is it any different to any other stadium? No. <laughs> so what is the difference?
0: Yeah, you know, it's 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 funny, too, because when people talk about it being a Little League ballpark, they only refer to the increased number of home runs you get at right field, because there is that short porch, which, it's like you said, it's almost every stadium has a gimmick, and before Baltimore did their heinous act of moving those walls back, Baltimore was a bam box. That ball would fly out of there, and people don't ever talk about that. Like you said with the Crawford boxes in Houston, yeah, it's a tall wall, but I could poke a ball just like Fenway, and poke a double real quick. You don't really have to it hit it that it's far. It says 315
1: there, and I don't, even, I don't even know if that's accurate.
0: Right, and the conversation usually goes around. Well, Yankees hit a little, the Bronx Bombers. Their their legacy is to the Bronx Bombers. They hit a lot of home runs, so you know the home run gets a lot more magnified when you're hitting it. Say, say what? Labor hit it 370, even though it didn't really look like he crushed it all that much. People focus on the home runs where. If you look at Yankee Stadium and you really break it down, it is a pitcher-friendly ballpark. It's actually more of a neutral park. It's fairly even to both pitchers and because hitters. Of the
1: long gaps in the yeah. center field.
0: People don't talk about how the ball dies when you're in either gaps or hitting it to center. Well, you have to hit valid. a shot. To three
1: ninety nine and four weight to center. Those mm-hmm. are some of the biggest ones. Right center is about average. Right, but right field is all this little league park. Left field's three eighteen. Yeah, it's four feet further, and no one says a word about left field.
0: Right. Yeah, in left field, you don't exactly have to crush it to get it out of there. You know, it's
1: a bit further, but it's not, you know, not unrealistic. I just don't understand that. I, I can't stand that stadium idea. Yeah, because and- then you got to discredit a lot of people. Discredit right. the Red Sox. Discredit those guys who played there. Wade Boggs. Mm-hmm. You go ask him. He used to just slap the ball against the monster. It was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It, he would have batted He might have had a five hundred, right. a season if he just played there all his whole career. It's true. Give me Tony Gwynn at Fenway. <laughs> he would I guarantee he's a 600-hitter. <laughs> I guarantee it.
0: <laughs> yeah, for real.
1: Or well, Rod Carew. He's mm-hmm. going to slap that ball over there. What do you, 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 It's it's an idiotic concept.
0: And it's like you said, too, the, the argument I like, you know, that doesn't really make much sense is, or that makes much sense once you bring it up, is you're playing there, too. So, like, you lost... First of all, they lost 2-1. to one. You couldn't ha- find someone that could poke the ball out of the Little League ballpark, too? So just cuz it didn't benefit you all of a sudden it's a problem. You know what I mean? So but I'll tell you what if he if if Corey Seager pulled the wall scraper that just went in front of the foul pole it would have been fine. Yeah. You know? So well, it's Unless
1: unless it was 3 out, right? Yeah, so you yeah, losing, yeah. you, know? you yeah. don't want to you want to throw that off. Right? I know.
0: So it's just it, when it doesn't benefit you you got something to say but then all of a sudden you hit a little little porch job as they would call it and it's just barely over the fence, mm-hmm. which by the way too, you need a 6 foot 7 Aaron Judge to be able to get to the top of the wall so it's not exactly a short wall like in Houston. Yeah. Or in, in Tampa Bay, where they have a wall that's about angle or, high. Or Fenway. Yeah,
1: Fenway with the where, pesky pole. You could break your leg in half because you're you, you bumped into the wall.
0: Yeah, so I, the point I'm trying to make is, I'm not trying to just be a Yankee defender, but no. it, it's hypocritical because you could say something about every ballpark. You that, really
1: could. And that's what gets me. I don't care if this was Yankee Stadium or if you would have brought it up for any stadium. Hmm. I just can't stand at the Yankee Stadium and, and the stadium idea is brought up when it's idiotic. Mm-hmm. it is idiotic because then you have to discredit a lot of baseball history yeah that's true because you just can't you can't say oh well we would have played here then make a neutral site Make it, yeah. it has to be 330 here it has to be 400 here it has to be 330 here I don't yeah. know what to tell you I, I don't know what to tell you some stadiums are bigger some stadiums are smaller some people can hit the ball some people can't I don't know what the problem is yeah. I just don't know I don't know what the issue is that's just baseball yeah that's like you know all the infields cut out some fields have the grass right on the right on the third base or first base line right Mm-hmm. Where it's pretty much the grass and dirt. So if the ball rolls off the grass, it rolls foul. Some stadiums, they have the grass a long way, so it could roll off the grass and still be fair. Right. Are you going to discredit you lost a game because you had a swing and bunt and it rolled foul and this guy's didn't? At the stadium? Oh, our stadium, that would have stayed fair. Well, you're not there, stupid. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I understand. Oh, we played at Colorado. Well, well, you didn't play at Colorado. That ball wouldn't travel so far, so, oh, this is a stupid stadium. Right. Just don't give up the hit. Right. Or maybe score some more runs. You had five lefties in the lineup. Cole Calhoun couldn't hit a home run there. Corsiger? <clears throat> no, yeah. nothing. You couldn't quite hit the ball over there. And I believe Cole Calhoun hit one that wasn't exactly a, uh, a, a, a you know, an absolute yeah, bomb. I just don't understand. I, I can't stand that concept. I wanted to bring it up because we always bring it up. Mm-hmm. We always because it's something that we both don't like. I really can't stand it. Because mm-hmm. uh, if you want to go into this, I'll go back. All we can go, we can go through all baseball, and we could Ted Williams. We'll bring it all up. These guys' stats are way different. if They played, you know, right. So I don't, you know get into it because it's just it's it's idiotic to use that if you're going to use that you have to be on both sides of it yeah exactly go yeah "Yeah, sure that might have been a home run there but that's how it is (laughs) don't tell me that Fenway's oh well you know what that Fenway's you know no that's not the same as Yankee Stadium you're right because that's about 300 feet at most at most to the monster yeah and about 140 to the right field foul pole with but, a fence that's two inches tall.
0: Yeah, imagine how many
1: doubles you could, you could get it. You know. Yeah, because even Jackie Bradley hits over 200 at Fenway, and he's awful. <laughs> so we really want to really go into this. We can really look at it, because he's a terrible player, and he bats decent there, because, you know, all you do is touch the ball, right? Mm-hmm. So let's not go into this stadium thing. You know, Chris Woodward, maybe he just doesn't know what goes on in baseball, because, you know, he, I'm sure he couldn't quite hit the ball, or his guys who he's paying, what, 100? What's what's Seager, $300 million? And he's three twenty five or something. two hundred. Like yeah. And when you coach him up, hit yeah. them literally home runs there, Chief. <laughs> so, I and couldn't just... believe that. And that's not just because the Yankees, because I'll, I'll bad the Yankees to anybody. So that's not the problem. It's just the stadium concept is just stupid. I agree. It is stupid. Bring up the old baseball. Why don't we bring up that concept? Babe was hitting a beach ball. The thing was a squishy because <laughs> the water comes squeezing out of it. And now we're hitting a ball that, oh, we got to juice from it. The thing's hard as a rock. Yeah. Why don't we talk about that concept? Oh, the bat was lumpy. It was <laughs> like a tree branch. Why don't we bring up these concepts? No, just the stadium.
0: Yeah the hell out of here. You know, it's it's very hypocritical, and it's uh, it's only when it doesn't benefit you. It's just a, it's it up, a weak you know.
1: it's a weak argument.
0: Yeah, it is a weak argument. It's a weak argument just because you're just a little baby. You just want to point fingers, yeah.
1: Yeah, hit the damn ball, score more than one run, <laughs> right? It's not hard. It's yeah. Stupid. So that's our topic of the day. Yep. So you guys have any input on that? Be glad to hear it because I maybe I'm missing it. I know I'm. St- very strong against us. Maybe I'm missing the point here. I know Mike is somewhat similar about not quite as strong because, you know, I, know, I, I can't stand this. So, but maybe I'm just missing the whole point of this. I don't know. But I just don't
0: see... No, it's, you know, it comes down sometimes to people having axe to grind against the Yankees, and that's just a way to...
1: to. Or certain stadiums, or Colorado. Yeah. I loved Arenado that one year. His stats were he hit more home runs out of Colorado. The one year he had like 18 home runs, he had like four in Colorado. Mm-hmm. He had like 18 on the road. Right. Oh, it's Colorado. So you just you just say that. You don't look at stats. You don't actually see what happens, right? right?
0: Yeah, I, you know, and it's it's a hitter-friendly ballpark, but... And if you want to get, you know, I don't want to sit on this too, too long, but if you want to get really statistical, no one ever talks about Great American Ballpark. It's the number two hitter, most hitter-friendly ballpark oh, in, in, ball. the, in the country, ball ball in, ball. in MLB. It
1: flies out of there. Yeah,
0: and no one talks about that.
1: Toronto. hmm We seen the other day, it was uh, Willie Adamas on there. He said his favorite stadium to go to and play. His favorite city was Toronto, and he said also the big thing was the ball flew out of there. Yeah. He said it right there on MLB Network, watching it. Mm-hmm. He goes, yeah, the ball flies out of there.
0: And it's very hard to rob a home run there. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So if you get it over the wall, it's pretty much over Astro the wall.
1: it's AstroTurf, so the ball kicks faster, goes through the infield faster, right? Yeah. I mean, we can keep going and going, these stadiums. The old Detroit Stadium, the overhang. I mean, we really want to go down this Pittsburgh ball flies out of. Wrigley, if the wind's blowing out, can't get much easier there, yeah, right? Yeah, it, yeah. Because games were 28 to 29 there. <laughs> I mean, what's the problem, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, Definitely it's just it only gets brought up against certain ballparks that, that fit a narrative and, and
1: just certain, um, in certain times too there's nothing else to talk about it's all of a sudden it's a stadium yeah. just shut the hell up yeah just because you lost up. the game yeah just shut just, just, just play the game yeah the stadium has nothing to do with it. why don't you worry about the baseball or the bases being bigger or some nonsense <laughs> you're trying to bring up instead of worrying yeah. about the stadium that we built that fits 50,000 people and, and all this other crap yeah. I just don't get it it's just a terrible con- it's a, just a terrible argument yeah agreed I agreed I don't know. It's like they shouldn't play day games anymore because people have that, that Josh Hamilton eye thing. Uh, with the blue, with the blue eyes. eyes. Yeah. yeah, we shouldn't play day games because he's no good at it. Really? We're going to argue that? Yeah. I mean, come on. Give me a break.
0: Yeah. I know. It's frustrating, but, you know, um, if you really do dive into the analytics, there's there's good ways to find it. You can find what are the most hitter friendly ballparks. And it doesn't just encompass home runs. It's just you getting hits. Yeah, and these the are just player. stats
1: I took out just from looking at the dimensions. It's, it's not hard.
0: No, no. So. so And you just pass the eye test sometimes, too. Just watch the game, you know? You can yeah. figure it out for yourself.
1: Well, some people don't know how to watch games. They just, <laughs> they just complain about them.
0: Or just look at the computer, you know? Yeah, yeah. instead of
1: watching the game. Yeah. <laughs> so.
0: But, yeah, that's our topic of conversation for today, is just uh, ball, essentially ballpark dimensions and how that kind of relates to people's um, ire that they... Sp- you know, spread towards the Rockies players or Yankee players yeah. or Fenway players or, or Blue Jays players or Orioles players or anyone. And
1: like I said, the last little comment here, I'm not, you know, sh- being in the stadium can help your stats. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Yeah. Playing in Colorado your whole career could definitely change your stats a little bit, but don't tell me that playing in this stadium, it doesn't, doesn't, oh, it doesn't help your stats at Fenway, but a Yankee stadium helps your stats. You, you right. can't do that.
0: It's all, yeah.
1: You you could do that with any player. Oh, Frank Thomas played at the White Sox in Oakland all this long. Well, if he didn't have all that foul territory in Oakland, his stats would be here if he played at the. We're not gonna, yeah. we're not doing that.
0: It'll never end. Yeah. yeah, we're
1: not doing that. But you you know I get the stadiums can help you, but don't just single out certain stadiums and in certain instances and in certain points in games and careers that that changed the whole dynamic of the game. Right. No, it, uh, no. Yeah. So that's it, not how. That and works. again,
0: you're playing there too. So what what's the problem? Yeah, you know, <laughs> we don't play there 81 times. We'll just worry about your three games you play against them yeah, when you are well, there. we don't play in you know? your stadium 81 times. Yeah. yeah. So what's... I don't know. Yes. But we'll just keep getting into it. But yeah. <laughs> um, from there, I just kind of wanted to wrap up, you know, the news segment and uh, our topic here with uh, who's doing the best right now is our, our usual wrap-up. This is prior to any Monday games. I just kept it to last week. So uh, currently, the Dodgers own the best record in the league at 19-7, and while the Mets own the second best in the NL at 20-10. and uh, over in the AL, the Yankees own the best record in that league at 19 and 8, while the Angels have the second-best record at 19 11. Uh, as of recording this, there were some games that happened, but again, I'm trying to stick to it uh, from the past week. The Dodgers own the r- best run differential at plus 74, and the Reds still own the worst at minus 79, <laughs> and I just don't know if they'll ever climb out of that hole because they won two games since we last talked about them. Two out
1: of three, right? What are we complaining about?
0: Yeah, they won their first series. How <laughs> about that? They almost doubled their win total. It's And I think up until... Friday, like the last weekend of the the last series of the weekend, um, they yep. had like an eight ERA as the starting rotation. Very well. So um, mm-hmm. not great for the Reds, but I don't know if <laughs> they can't really dig much out of the hole, but at least make it look a little better than they did. I, you don't, know? Know how, I don't know how you could do that,
1: but uh, some teams here I got on the hot list as well. You know, I got the Yankees, Rays, White Sox, Cleveland, the Astros, Dodgers, Padres all playing pretty well baseball over the last 10 games. Some um, cold teams, the Red Sox been getting beat up. They just they don't score runs, which they're supposed to. Their pitching's been terrible. Their bullpen's unbelievably bad. Um, everything's yeah. kind of going wrong here altogether, which we kind of thought could happen. Royals struggling of late. The tires have been bad this year. I had them being better. Some injuries. It's a bit surprising, yeah. yeah. Some injuries. I think just um, some of the teams they played, and uh, they do deal with a lot of cold weather there and some yeah. crazy weather. I think some injuries that uh, really hurt them, similar to White Sox start the year with these injuries that really hurt them. Mm-hmm. Um, but no excuses, right? Mariners, another team that's kind of been on the fringe here, not doing it as good as they should. They've been struggling here. The A's going, you know, possibly losing 10 straight here after starting relatively hot for a team that had nobody. Mm-hmm. Reds, of course, don't have to go into that much. And the Marlins, after winning 8 straight, I think it lost 7 of 8.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, so, those are some teams there that have kind of been streaky up and down. Um. So, there's some cold teams I just want to throw out there, as well, you know, as well as uh, the hot teams.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's... um. Definitely some strange happenings around baseball. You know, the White Sox are kind of having a hard time here. The Braves are having a little bit of a hard time, but there's some expected teams. You know, Yankees, Mets, Dodgers are all there. So I wouldn't say the Angels are a real surprise, but I guess to some people that really are Astros, people yeah. really think the Astros are a little bit better than they. I, I, I think, think that are given credit. You yeah, know, I think
1: so far this year, I think it's looked more predictable. Yeah, the than, than it last, did last year.
0: year. Yeah, I agree.
1: I mean, obviously, there's your outliers, but last year it was pretty nuts.
0: Yeah, last year I didn't know what to This you year, know. I think
1: as of now, it looks a little bit more predictable. Okay, this kind of makes more sense, right, right? So, and that'll round into shape as the, the games take off.
0: Yeah, exactly. People, you know, good, the good teams will be good and the bad teams will be bad. Yeah, when and that's you're good, kinda, you're good, right? Yeah, it averages out. You back, figure it back out your
1: baseball card, things like that, so. right?
0: Exactly. So uh, so from there, talking about hot and cold teams. Let's go into the hot and cold players of the week. Uh, I believe the two guys I don't have on my list here, Rowdy Telez won the NL player of the week, uh, and Manuel Margot won the AL player of the week. I don't have them on here because, to be honest, these three of the guys here hit better than those guys that I have, um, at least these three top guys. So... Uh, My number one hot player of the week is Framil Reyes. He batted 611 last week <laughs> with an 833 slugging, 1483 OPS. How he got forgotten, I guess, I, I don't know. And he did also have like one of the most at-bats. He had some of the most at-bats out of the week. So I don't, it's not uh, like he went, you know, it's not like he went three for five or something. You know, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, Austin Hayes, number two, he batted 556 with a 778 slugging and a 1349 OPS. He's been red hot. Gene Segura batted 500 with a 667 slugging and a 1217 OPS. Uh, number four, Ben Gamble batted 476 over the last week with an 810 slugging and a 1310 OPS. And finally, Jose Altuve, I believe, he has been really hot lately. He batted 474 over the last week with a 947 slugging and a 1512 OPS. So those are my five hot players of the week on top of the, the two guys I mentioned. I didn't have the players of the week. I always like to at
1: least mention them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And some guys I want to throw Cattell Marte, after struggling, mm. uh, has picked it up here for, for Arizona for the Diamondbacks. He's been playing pretty well. Um, you did mention Manuel Margot. I had him here, obviously playing well. Actually, kind of carrying the Rays a little bit offensively.
0: Yeah. As of yeah.
1: late, and Juan Yepes for the Cardinals was red hot. Hit his first career home run yesterday on Mother's Day, and um, been playing swing to bat pretty good there um, for the Cardinals. So that's definitely um, a big help, especially when he gets to the cold list and you hear a name on there. You go. Okay. Well got to have a guy on the hot list for that team to have a guy on the cold list, right, if you want to be good.
0: Yeah, right, right.
1: Um, Some pitchers that have been pitching pretty well over the last 7 to 10 days, Kyle Freeland. They did get that extension some time back. It was a little surprising, people thought. The guy was a Cy Young candidate a couple years ago. He's been up and down with some injuries and just not pitching great. But this year he's been pitching all right. Recently, pitching great. Mm-hmm. Carlos Carrasco, pitching good. Kershaw, obviously, been doing good. Frankie Montas for the A's, even though he might not get some wins, he's pitching good. Daniel Bard for Colorado. Mm-hmm. pitching great. It was a big comeback story last year or the year before. Um, and Liam Hendricks has kind of straightened himself out a little bit here. He's starting to get on the right, pate, uh, right path here, and which is why the White Sox kind of started to get on the hot, hot side of, uh, of baseball.
0: Right, right. Yeah, some definitely uh, hot players to talk about there, but let's get into the, <laughs> the cold players, the guys that didn't really do that well this week. Uh, number one, I have Marcelo Zuna. Batted 087 over the last week with an 087 slugging and a 247 OPS. Number two, I have Austin Riley, also batted 087 over the last week with an 087 slugging and a 279 OPS. Uh, number three, Trent Grisham, batted 048 over the last week with a 143 slugging and a 343 OPS. Uh, number four, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., uh, 048 average over the last week with an 095 slugging and a 225 OPS over the last week. And finally, number five, Taylor Walls, batted 100 over the last week with a 150 slugging and a 293 OPS. So. Some bigger names there, especially two prominent uh, Braves players. That definitely hurts them. And, um, you know, it's kind of weird to see, you know, a team that's struggling so much and you have yet you have Acuna out there kind of almost leading the charge. He's big in the news with his comeback home run where he fell and stuff like that. But you also on the other side have two of your Braves players not doing well and they're kind of living in the shadow of, of the Mets are really killing it right now. So kind of weird Thing going on with the
1: Braves right now. So. Just like last year, right? Yeah, it's literally, <laughs> yep. So, uh, some players I want to mention here, not not playing well. Uh, Jock Peterson, Kyle Farmer, Austin Riley, not playing well. Another Brave there. Paul DeJong has been awful for the Cardinals. I yeah. was just mentioning, awful for like two, three years now. Mm. I don't know what happened to him hitting-wise. He was rel- usually a two fifty, two sixty 260 hitter with some power and really good defensively. His defense has dropped a little bit this year, I feel, His offense for the last couple years has been awful. The Cardinals need to make a move. They need to put Tommy Edmonds short, bring Nolan Gorman up, and just change that whole offense because it's a black hole. Even Sosa, the backup there, I believe their position player at shortstop, players playing at short for this year, they're batting like 120 as a position. Right. It's terrible. Just not good. Uh, yeah. Some other players, Baez struggling. Trevor Story has been bad for the Red Sox so far. Even defensively, he hasn't been good at second base. Yeah. So, really cold there. Another part why the Red Sox maybe are not doing good right now. Some pitchers that have been struggling here. Herman Marquez off to a real slow start with Colorado. Pitching in that stadium might not help, but even on the road, he's not pitching well. Mm-hmm. Robbie Ray or Cy Young last year getting beat up here at the gate. Tyler Melee's has not been pitching that great, even though he's been Mr. Consistent kind of Quintana of old, I guess you could say, used to kind of put up that 3.2, 3.3 every year. Right. Been getting beat up a bit here. Again, the Reds being terrible, maybe defensively not that great, and just no motivation could be the key, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Hawk for the Red Sox, not pitching great as as well. And Matt Barnes, again, for the Red Sox, awful for about two years now, right? Or a year since towards the back second half of last year into this year. I mean, he's been bad. I mean, he wasn't even on the roster last year for playoffs. Yeah. He's been like historically bad for them right now which is just not which is surprising because the guy's got some pretty good stuff to at least be uh, a three year you know pretty at least serviceable reliever at this point yeah. I mean he's just like you know
0: he just I, lost I just, it
1: just a loss mm-hmm. touching the field you know I don't even know who you can <laughs> Ronald Belisario, I guess back in the day was kind of like that right His last yeah. year, where he was on the field you automatically lost right mm-hmm. he ended up with like a 10 year ray right
0: yeah exactly yeah I mean it's not great
1: that's where he's at right now it's a shame because Matt Barnes got some stuff but maybe there's a turnaround at some point but it's, at this point it's now it's extended so it's like is this it now yeah right right so there's some cold pitchers there who've really been not doing good yeah and like you said
0: with Matt Barnes is that like uh, is that just how he is now or is there some bounce back that can happen there? Because I believe through the first, at least until July or August last year, he was like elite. Like he was a top reliever. Yeah. So it's it was just... Like
1: June or so. He was elite. Then it started slowing down and it started getting back to the earth, but he was still doing good. And then it was like, yeah, July or so. I know and then all of a sudden it was a switch and he's been... Been a liability. Really. You know, yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. Maybe on the postseason roster. Yeah. How you go from all-star to not postseason roster in, in the same year?
0: Yeah. It's kind of almost impressive. It's,
1: yeah. It's pretty hard to do. <laughs> so, so,
0: yeah. Contributes uh, to the Red Sox' woes this early
1: on, you know. Exactly. Um, the next part here is some injuries. The injury side is actually relatively good. Pretty short, and the, the good side was pretty long. So we did have Michael Walker placed in the IL. He's been having a resurgent year for the Red Sox. Now he's on the IL. Another Red Sox. When you're cold, things happen. Here we go. Tim McCasher placed in the IL for the Yankees. Carlos Correa, day-to-day, not a fractured finger, but he's day-to-day. We're not really sure if he's going to get on the IL. Or he's not going to be, but it seems to be okay for now. There Fletcher plays on the IL again. He's been struggling with the Angels. Hurt twice now. Here's a player that didn't get back to the Angels. Playing well. Slap hitter. Plays good defense. Runs the bases. Just kind of a pest in the lineup kind of guy, right? Uh, Richard Blyer for the Marlins. Plays on the IL. Roberto Perez. expected to miss some decent amount of time with Pittsburgh. Uh, Carson Kelly. Plays on the IL. Been struggling mightily this year. For Arizona. Blake Trinan. Hurt his shoulder. Expected it to be out through the All-Star break at this point. So that's a pretty big loss there. Yeah, definitely. We also have Brandon Belt left the game the other day with some next-distance after just coming off the I.L. It's a big big piece for the Giants to note. You kind of need that guy healthy as well as some other guys. but Brandon Belt's kind of your key in your lineup at this point. Yeah, right? he's big, yeah. So um, him possibly missing time could be, you know, not good. On the good side of things, we have Teoscar Hernandez activated from the I.L. G. Manchoy activate, activated from the I.L. Matt Manning started a rehab assignment. Juan Moncada, who we're watching the White Sox game right now. we just seen Gavin Sheets drop a ball in the outfield. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah. uh, Moncada activated, playing today, for, you know, his opening day, I guess you could say, his debut, for season debut. Lance McCullers is supposed to be throwing from 90 feet and stuff like that, so he's kind of on, on, you know, on the verge of starting to ramp things up. Uh, Chris Sale actually had a small setback, nothing to do with his arm or his ribs, which is hurt right now, the ribs. <clears throat> it was more of just a medical setback. I don't know if there was a sickness or...
0: That's it sounded like to me. General May.
1: soreness, maybe. Something like that. They said it could push it back maybe about two weeks, which at this point, I mean, it's not the end of the world, right? You just want the guy back. He's one of your better players. Uh, here's one we haven't talked about. Mike Soroka. Yeah. For the, for the uh, Braves. He has thrown another bullpen. I believe he's done five bullpen sessions at this point. He feels pretty good. He looks pretty good. He's on the verge of a rehab assignment. <clears throat> He'll be back for the Braves at some point, coming off of two Achilles. Last year, just walking in the stadium, hurt himself. Literally, he walked in the clubhouse, he hurt himself. DeGrom, not really much update there. He's progressing still, slowly progressing. It's pretty much the only thing we have. Um, Jack Flaherty, he's throwing bullpen sessions. He's expected to start doing a rehab assignment pretty soon. He threw 30-pitch bullpen session the other day. Should be ramping up to maybe 50 pitches soon here and getting, getting going to a rehab assignment. Mm-hmm. Luke Voigt expected to be activated or should be back here in the next couple days. And Chris Bryant is supposed to get a cortisone shot ejection today. He's still going to be miss a little bit of time, but he should be okay. They're expected hopefully back in the next week or two. Yep. So there's your injury news. And again, the good side was way longer than the bad side. Even the bad side really wasn't much there to be mostly small injuries.
0: Yeah, good to see that, uh, you know, you got more guys coming back. You just want your stars on the field and, uh, you know, you don't want... ACL tears or Tommy John's or any of those, sort, you know what I mean. Yeah. You keep away from those, and you keep this general soreness and and this and that happening, and the surgeries keep them away. You know, so keep them to the off season where you can really heal. At least, yeah. Um, so always good uh, to see more people coming back, as we always say.
1: Sure, sure, exactly, yeah. So, and the last thing I have here is our trivia question, and you're gonna love it. So, our trivia question relates to our topic. So, who hit the shortest home run over the fence, right, or out of the park, however you want to word it? Shortest home run in the StatCast era, official StatCast era, uh, that dates back to what, 2008?
0: 20, well, StatCast was only 2015, I believe. Was it 2015? I think, it, yeah, it's not that, it's actually not that far. Okay, back. I think that
1: maybe it was part of the analytics, maybe started in 2008. There's something in 2008, I was looking it up today, 2008, 2009.
0: Could be, yeah, could be analytics.
1: So, uh, maybe it was official StatCast, maybe 2015, maybe it's like where it's like a... We can actually have a lot of Yeah, the Amazon
0: StatCast, yeah. yeah. something
1: like that. But uh, the shortest home run or over-the-fence home run in the StatCast era. Who hit it? It belongs to Lorenzo Kane, a 302-foot home run on July 29th 2017, at, you guessed it, Fenway Park around the Pesky Pole. He hit it 90 miles per hour. That was it. That was the exit velocity. Um, the launch angle and the, the exit velocity, the, the ball, on average, usually goes about 216 feet hit the top of the fence right at the Pesky Pole went over the fence. It was 302 feet. That is the official shortest home run out of the stadium in the StatCast era. There was one that said Dede Gregorius hit a 295-foot home run at Fenway at the Pesky Pole. Again, per the f- fence being 302, that's not possible. Again, probably not because the fence is not 302. <laughs> but his was apparently 295. It's kind of a rough... Number, the official one, though, you'll see. It looks, makes the most sense. Official, it's Morgan Lanza, Kane, 302 at mm-hmm. Fenway. So, go figure. That was the shortest home run. Yeah. And nothing said, though, there, right? No. So, but a little side story to that, though. The shortest actual home run ever hit. Mike oh likes this story. No. Was an inside the park home run, I believe, in the 1900. The guy hit the ball two feet. He hit the ball into the mud in front of home plate. Never reached the infield grass, they say. And he got it inside the park home run because they couldn't find the ball in the mud. And he got it inside the park home run. So the shortest home run of any kind, and that will be history, was two feet.
0: And I guess that's before you could wave your arms and say, hey, dead
1: ball. I, you know, because it was already the dead ball era, so everything was dead. So they just, <laughs> they just never found the ball. Yeah. And they, he just got inside the park home run on the ball that went two feet into a wormhole of oblivion of mud. Again, and then you got to think, how are you playing on the field if there's that much mud? Right. That made it word, work, but there you go. There's, your, there's your, so your, so your trivia question again. Who hit the shortest over-the-fence out-of-the-park out home run in the StatCast era? Lorenzo Cain of 302 feet at Fenway Park.
0: It's absolutely incredible. It's just an absolutely incredible, both of them. Both of them. The two-feet one, I just, that's, that's, just, just that's just old baseball. It's just how it goes. Yeah, it's incredible. Lorenzo Cain one, I do vaguely uh, remember. I just, because it's just, when you see something like that, you're like, What? Yeah. <laughs> like how did that get out of there? Like exactly. a pesky poll is so ridiculous, but uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I'm sure. It's, I'm sure there's people out there that certainly remember that, especially if you're a Red Sox fan. You're like, how? You're like, why? Did did we just Royals
1: fan or whatever. Yeah, Royals fan. You're
0: like, oh, we'll take it. We were there. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's a good one, though. You know, the Statcast uh, era has given us even defensive, good defensive metrics you know, on the opposite side of the ball. Just to, yeah. not to get into a quick. Uh, you know, quick thing here, but on the defensive side of the ball, you know, you have routes to the ball and, and route efficiency and this and that. Closing speed. Yeah. So Closing feet per second. Yeah. What, what was the expected batting average on that hit? You know, did you really steal a hit away from the guy or was it kind of more routine? You know, so cool stuff like that. I think Statcast has brought a good, you know, good things to the game, at least for advanced analytics. So, uh, but with that, you know, that's kind of all I had for this episode. I, again, I said it was a little bit more topic, topic driven. We did talk a little bit more about the topic than we would about the news typically. Uh, you know, the news was really, really light. Frank and I had a hard time finding really newsworthy stuff that was outside of kind of just accolades and kind of random stuff. So hopefully next week we do have a little bit more to talk about. We will always have our topics and so we'll always have something to talk about. It's just how much of the news are we bringing to the, to the episode. So, but that's all I have for this week as far as, uh, as far as any of the stuff that I wanted to talk about.
1: Yeah. That's, that's, that's all we got.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right, guys. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, you can catch this podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as Google Podcasts and Spotify. You can listen on our regularly updated YouTube channel as well as our website, screwball.podbean.com. You can follow me on Twitter at RealMikeLapree. You can follow me on Instagram at MikeLapree.
1: And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at FTubs10.
0: You can follow our official Screwball Twitter at ScrewballPod. You can follow our official Screwball Facebook at ScrewballPod. No E and screw. And that's it from us, guys. We'll see you next week. Yep, take care.